You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And welcome. You are Locked On to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast and joined. Actually, I'm kind of joining him. Every single week you hear from the great Ben Golliver from the Washington Post. Ben, how's it going in quarantine right now? It's going very well. We are live and direct from the NBA's Orlando bubble here at Disney World. I showed up on Sunday. I checked in, and uh, they gave me this green wristband. And that wristband basically means I can't leave my hotel room for seven days until I pass seven coronavirus tests, one per day. Um, so far, I'm three for three. I'm, I'm waiting on the results of my fourth one. So hopefully, I can kind of keep that positive momentum going. But it's pretty wild, man. Like we've all been kind of trapped inside here for the last four months, and that was pretty good practice. But right now, I'm in the situation where I can't even, you know, go outside to get the ice machine. Uh, you know, I, w- I would get in trouble. They'd probably restart my clock. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners saw, you know, a couple NBA players got busted for violating the quarantine rules, whether it's going to pick up the Postmates food or, you know, leaving their hotel room when they weren't supposed to. And so now they're back in quarantine, going through this whole process all over again. I'm trying my best to avoid that, Nick. I don't want to have to start from scratch. I want to keep this thing uh, as quick and tidy as possible so I can start watching practices, watching games, and doing all that good stuff here later this month. No kidding. What day are you on so far? They all run together. Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly if it's going to be like you know seven times 24 hours is when they let us out, or if it's just when we get that seventh positive result. Oh, but my yeah. first day was Sunday, so I guess we're talking on Wednesday. So that makes this basically the fourth day. Um, and you know, it's been wild. It's been really busy. You know, one of my biggest takeaways, and I'm sure you're experiencing this too is just the flood of interest in the NBA's proposal because I think you've got a lot of other sports out there struggling to get back on track. You know, maybe they haven't started games yet. Maybe they don't have a bubble. Maybe they're just reliant upon the testing as opposed to really a a comprehensive approach to protecting players. And I think with the NBA, so far, so good. It's been very stable. They've had very few positive test cases here in Orlando. Um, Practices have already begun. Scrimmages are right around the corner. And I think people are starting to raise their expectations a little bit, you know? I think there was some initial hesitation and concern. Maybe it wouldn't work out. But right now it's on track. And I think that's generating a lot of interest from all around the globe. Yeah, I think there's always going to be that that sense of, you know, this could all come crashing down. You know, it, it could all kind of end at some point. But it feels like the longer this goes on, the longer the bubble, you know, we had the the announcement that there was two out of the 300-something, you know, tests came back positive. That seemed like a, a pretty good number. Um, but there's always going to be that sort of sense, but it seems like, you know, as media gets there like you and more people, it feels like it's starting to feel like this is actually going to happen. The NBA is really going to work out. And I think that one of the reasons why people are looking towards the NBA so much and even outside of just NBA fans is we talked the day after the NBA shut down just on this podcast about how the NBA was kind of the thing that, you know, had everything in the country shutting down. I mean, it was one of the first big entities, big businesses to actually shut down due to the coronavirus. Oh, for sure. And they also made the pledge to the federal government, you know, not too long after that saying, hey, we were the first to shut down and we want to be one of the first to open back up. The key thing is you have to reopen responsibly, right? And I've been really impressed by how thorough they are here. Every morning I have to wake up and go through a checklist questionnaire. I, I submit whether I have any symptoms to an app. I have to take my temperature every morning. I've got to use this uh, pulse oximeter uh, to give them my, my reading from that. 
And they've given us a device that will beep if we get too close and aren't social distancing with other people once we're allowed out in the bubble. Um, They're taking a lot of steps, kind of going above and beyond. And the amazing thing to me really is that, you know, I'm getting these test results on the coronavirus test within 15 hours. And, you know, think about how helpful knowing that quickly would be in preventing an outbreak. You know, you compare it to some of these baseball teams where guys aren't getting their results for, you know, three or four days. I mean, if you're trying to play a season and you don't know that you're positive for three or four days, you could infect your entire team, the umpires, the opposing players very, very easily. That thing could spread very quickly. Here, you know, if you're getting a result within 15 hours, that really does help limit the number of people you can come into contact with, and it helps prevent sort of a significant spread. And that's the standard that Adam Silver and the NBA have used, right? They've said, we want to keep this thing going no matter what, unless there's a significant spread that basically is out of control. And having such a rigorous and quick testing program, you know, will help prevent that. Now, the sad part to me is, this should be something that's universally accessible, right? Every human being in the country should have access to that kind of quality testing, that quick of turnaround. We would be so much better off as a society if everybody had access to that. And so it is one of those examples where you realize, uh, you know, this is a real privilege here. You know, being a part of this environment uh, gives you access to a level of medical care that the average person just doesn't have. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. We've had similar conversations on the Lockdown Mavericks podcast. Uh, I had a, a doctor that we were talking about the discrepancy between, you know, the kind of care that athletes get. And it's always seemed to be like a wealth disparity thing uh, in the general public as well. Are you there through the long haul? You're there through October. Is that your plan? That's the plan, man. Uh, I checked in Oof. and they sent me an email saying 94 nights potentially. And then they sent a follow-up email and said, actually, our system won't let anybody book at Disney for longer than 30 nights in one stay because nobody ever does that in a normal <laughs> environment. So uh, they've got us with like four separate reservation numbers, you know, for each of the different uh, segments oh, yeah. of this uh, of this journey. But I'll tell you what, like that sounded pretty daunting uh, when I was thinking about it last week or a couple of weeks ago, trying to apply to come down here. Now that I'm here, I think I'm a lot like some of these players who are fishing and golfing and they're starting to acclimate. And, you know, I'm so stoked right now. I mean, one of the coolest perks that they're going to have for us is that our media seats are going to be about 10 feet away from the court. So I'm going to be able to hear all that trash talk. I'm going to be able to read the body language, you know, hear the coaches call their plays and their signals. I mean, all that stuff for a basketball junkie is just like, you know, uh, it's, it's catnip for me. Basically, I'm so excited, right? And um, the idea that if this can hold up 94 days, I could see, you know, some of the best uh, you know players in the world competing for a title. It's like a rock, paper, scissors between LeBron, Kawhi and Giannis for who's the best player in the world. You've got, uh, you know, the defending champion Raptors. You've got a, a team like Houston and Philadelphia who are trying to put pieces together. There's so many interesting storylines. If the bubble holds, it's, it, the 94 days, I think, is going to fly by, to be honest, because I think there's going to be so many different on-court storylines to carry us. So it sounds like you're on the side of this is going to be a legitimate title, and even this might be in an even playing field for us to see who's the best player. Well, it's going to be a different year. There's no question. And I don't know if you want to call it an asterisk or not, but like, I mean, bottom line, I'm locked in a hotel room right now, Nick. It's not a normal situation, right? This is, <laughs> you this don't is normally different. do that. There's... there's <laughs> No, this is clearly this is this is abnormal. There's no home court advantage. Um, you know, everything about this is strange. And you've got some guys who have already been sick, and that could impact things. We just don't know that yet. Uh, but what I am hoping for is that you know, if we get into that second round, and and all the teams that were maybe below 500 or or just kind of fringe contenders, they're they've already gone home. The teams that have been here, 
they're going to probably have a mentality switch. It's going to be like, look, we've already been here for a month and a half. We might as well try to just go out here and win this thing, you know, might as well have something to show for it. And I think we could see some really competitive basketball at that point. I know Locke, uh, you know, made a similar comment on last week's podcast, and I agree with him there. I just think it could take us a while to get through some of the choppy basketball, the ugly basketball, but I'm hoping for high level stuff by the end of this thing. I am as well. All right, coming up, we're going to talk more about uh, Ben's experience inside the bubble, talk about the certain teams that are already there and how maybe our perspectives have changed. We've heard some stuff about Ben Simmons, the Lakers, obviously, Victor Oladipo. Will he, won't he? All that kind of stuff. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do that, there are so many different kinds of cars out there. Probably every single person listening to this podcast could. We could probably cover all the cars that are out there, all the makes, all the models, all the years. So many cars out there. I know some of you guys are interested in rebuilding a car or need to just fix up the car you have now. You got a fixer upper, a clunker. I've had those for years. Those are so frustrating. But you don't know where to get the exact right pieces, the exact right parts for your car. And that's where rockauto.com comes in. They're a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything from engine control modules brake parts tail lamps motor oil even new carpet for your car whether it's for a classic car your daily driver the clunker i talked about get everything you need in just a few easy clicks and they deliver it directly to your door you don't have to go to a brick and mortar store only see like three selections three options for what you're looking for and then all the prices are just about you know the same and they're overpriced all that rock auto com is a catalog that's unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle choose by the brand specifications and the prices that you prefer best of all rock auto prices are always reliably low and for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts at a brick and mortar store or at a dealer or somewhere else go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck right in locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right ben let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about what, what do you think is the biggest story from the bubble so far? Besides, I think fishing may be the, the biggest thing and maybe just that NBA bubble life co- uh, uh, account on Twitter may be just the biggest thing so far. But what do you think has been the biggest basketball type story so far in the bubble? Well, I still think that we're in this scenario where the health stuff takes precedence. So like, for example, Russell Westbrook, you know, being sick and then Harden showing up late is a major, major story, right? I mean, these are two of the probably 15 most famous players in the league. Um, They're guys who are absolutely central to what Houston's trying to do. I think they already had some depth issues uh, in terms of how they're going to put together their rotation, and they need both their stars, who are big-time, big-time salary players, to contribute if they're going to go deep in the playoffs like they want to. So to have those guys be question marks, to me, that's a, a huge basketball story. The other one would be, I think, Rondo's injury, because it compounds with uh, Avery Bradley's absence. And it just kind of puts LeBron even further behind the eight ball in terms of just raising the challenges and the stakes for the Lakers. Um, do you have another favorite or, or I guess not a favorite, but uh, another leading contender? Yeah, I think I think those two are good. I think um, I, I think maybe just the waiting, waiting to see, you know, what's going to happen, who's going to who's maybe going to you know test positive, who's going to I mean, I think maybe the biggest basketball story is, is this title going to have an asterisk next to it? And that kind of like you said earlier, depends on what this season looks like, what the rest of this playoff run looks like, who's going to be there, who's going to still be around. Um I think that's sort of what we're all still waiting for. And then to see if, if basketball even happens still, there's still a part of me that doesn't think basketball really will happen. Uh, you're there. And so it's probably a little more real to you at this point, but I'm still waiting around like, man, 
This just doesn't feel real like it's going to happen. No, I hear you. I mean, maybe it's a false sense of security here, but a couple of things I've noticed, this is a huge property and they're used to having like tens of thousands of visitors on this property. Like when I drove in, there's just giant parking lots that are completely <laughs> empty, right? And when you're yeah. watching players like uh, walk around the, the campus, they're not like crammed together. It's not like 20 people in an elevator or anything like that. Everybody's spread out because there's so much room. That makes me more comfortable because we know this virus spreads when people are, you know, kind of forced close into quarters. close situations and close contact, right? And so that presents problems for the actual gameplay because they have to play indoors and it has to be close quarters there. But for the other aspects of their life, it, you know, it does feel really safe. And, you know, Florida's had just an incredibly uh, high rise in this virus, but we almost feel like we're on a little island here, you know? It's like there's not really especially because I'm stuck in this hotel room, but there's not really like <laughs> yeah, access right. to the outside world. Everything is getting delivered in here, whether it's the food or Amazon deliveries or everything else. So it does feel like pretty safe. You know, I'm in a pretty good place. And I was obviously anxious about this entire idea for months leading up to it. Uh, I would say that uh, at this point, you know, I'm as confident in their plan as I've ever been. Doesn't mean it's going to go perfectly, but I'm very confident they're going to be able to start the season and play games. Yeah, that was one thing I kept telling people at the beginning. Uh, I live about an hour from Orlando, actually. So this is kind of hilarious that we're close enough. I could have driven there and recorded with you, but you're stuck in, in a hotel room. Uh, and my yeah, wife and I... Security would have stopped you. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. My uh, my wife and I are pass holders. And so we, we go a lot. And they built Disney so that you can't see it from the outside. And it's also just so big. There's so many things on it. it it's its own city. They literally have their own rules. They have their own stuff outside of like the city of Orlando or anything like that. They create created their own city in order for them to be able to, you know, con do construction faster and not have to jump through loopholes and things like that. It's pretty wild. Um, just what the, the entity that Disney is in America and then in other countries as well. But that was one thing also that I, I mentioned to a lot of people is that it's huge. Like there's there's a, a way that you can be completely, you know, social distance in that area without um, packing people in too much or even like none of the players are going to come in contact with any guest right like any person that goes to the parks the parks are open right now and people are going to them and i i bet you haven't seen like a single person unless you're driving around no definitely not i mean it, it does feel separated and it's funny that you know so much about it because i came in i had been once as a kid but i don't <laughs> remember anything about it so i was coming in completely blank and you know we actually had like a you know a, a driver taking us into the campus and we were completely lost, man. We couldn't even find where we were supposed to go. We're doing all these loops around the right. outside, trying to ask the security people, which direction are we supposed to be going? Because it really is that big. And it's just like kind of uh, almost confusing and overwhelming a little bit. Uh, so I think it's good. You know, I think that's going to help put the players' minds at ease. I know a lot of guys had concerns about the coronavirus before they came down. And it does seem like people are settling into the new routines, finding uh, ways to distract themselves with the you know, the fishing, the golfing and the other like lawn sports or DJ parties. But at the same time, they're getting back to work. They're having practices. They're doing interviews after practices. They're getting into something closer to a normal basketball NBA routine. And I think that's healthy. Just Dwight Howard is getting into the DJ, uh, <laughs> the DJ okay, yeah. performances. Good. Very important fact check. You're yeah, right. Yeah, just him. <laughs> but that still counts. It's still part of it. He also had like a two-hour Instagram live session the other day. I didn't watch all of it, but he was just, I don't know what you talk about for two hours by yourself on Instagram, but Dwight Howard did it. Yeah. I missed that one, Nick, I got to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I, don't think you missed, I don't think you missed much. Uh, has the bubble or, or coming into the bubble, you know, we had a certain perspective on teams 
when the season ended at some point and has the bubble or, or going into this different kind of environment with no home court advantage, no uh, travel, all that kind of stuff. Everyone's in the same place. These different rules. Has it changed your idea about any of these teams or your perspective on any of these teams as far as a title favorite or even just a, you know, favorites to win a couple playoff series? I think the one team that I've really kind of uh, homed in on would be the Toronto Raptors because I just feel like it's really important to have great team chemistry, to have all your main players aligned, to have guys who want to be with each other, to have guys who are in the stage of their career where winning really, really matters. You know, I mean, ultimately, this is going to be like a mental test and just an endurance test of like who actually wants to be down here and, and continuing to advance. And I think the Raptors check all those boxes. And they're really talented. You know, they got a lot of guys who can, uh, you know, play defense, score the basketball, create. I mean, they've got kind of every, uh, you know, base covered. I think if we had just gone straight into the playoffs in April, I wouldn't really have given them much chance at all against Milwaukee because that team was just clicking so well. Amazing momentum, chemistry, and just they had Giannis, who's really, really, really difficult to stop. And they were going to have home court advantage. I think now a team like Toronto becomes more interesting as a possible finals contender um, for the reasons I laid out earlier. I think they can win games ugly if they need to. I think they're going to be fully committed, you know, mind, body, and soul. And they've got a very creative coach in Nick Nurse uh, who can kind of, you know, relate to playing in empty gyms because he was doing it with the CBA and he was doing it in Britain and everything else. So this is going to be old hat to him. So that's one team I've got on my list. How about you? Yeah, I think I agree with the Raptors as well. They, they just seem like a team. Nick Nurse has them in a in a way. We saw it all through last play, last year's playoffs that this team can play in any scenario, right? They have all these different pieces they can throw at you. They can go big with Marcus Gasol and Siakam. They can go smaller um, with some of their guys. Their bench guys have all – they give them all kinds of different looks. I feel like that's definitely a team uh, they can do. Honestly, I'm going to – it may sound like a little bit of a homer take because I host Locked On Mavericks, but I'm feeling really good about the Mavericks. I don't know about them going to the final. Finals, but I feel good about the Mavericks with their team chemistry. The fact that Luca is is going to run the show, and everyone seems to know exactly what their role is on this team, and uh, they're coming in with really good team chemistry. They seem like the one team that hasn't had anybody complain about anything. We've seen a bunch of other uh, you know players complain about things here and there, but the Mavericks have been trying to have fun. They've been bonding a lot. They've been fishing together a lot. They've been doing a lot of things together. I feel really good about that team with Luca running the show, uh, and I think these teams that have just one guy running the show are going to come out and look a lot better at first. Now, maybe as the, as we play more basketball and as it goes on, these teams that are just built around one player will, uh, you know, not have as much of an advantage. But uh, I think right, right away, the teams that are focused around just one guy, if that one guy is on and I think Luca is going to be able to do it, I think those teams are going to succeed more. Well, I think Luca's a beneficiary here too, because normally in the playoffs, he'd have to go on the road to start the series, right? And that can be tough for your first playoff experience. You're kind of just thrown into the deep end. And they could have been going against Utah or Denver, you know, one of these places where it's you know going to be tougher to win. And instead, it's just in an empty gym. And whoever your best playmaker is, is probably going to look pretty good in the empty gym, right? And so I think that that's a benefit for him. I'm with you on their team chemistry. I mean, the, the DJ dance party they threw was <laughs> hilarious. I'm, I'm also just getting excited about some of Luca's trick shots, man. I mean, the the off-the-roof shot off the top of the backboard, and he kicked the ball into the hoop the other day. Um, he's just a gym rat. You know, we, we've always known that about Luca since he was a kid. I mean, he just loves the sport, and uh, I'm with you. I kind of think the best-case scenario for the Final Four in the West would be something like L.A., L.A., Houston, and Dallas, where you've got... 
you know, LeBron, Harden, Luka, and Kawhi. Like, if you can get something like that as your final four teams, and they would have to kind of shake out with the seedings, it would be kind of tricky to do it. I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. That could be a really interesting final four in the West. Yeah, that's some star power right there for sure. And that kind of, that, that's kind of getting close to the KD Westbrook, you know, uh, 2011 team that played against Dirk. You know, you have the, the young up-and-coming team with the Mavericks. Um, but yeah, Luca, the other day he was talking to us, uh, in the, the zoom, uh, conference call and he said, someone asked him about the trick shots that he was putting in. He says, yeah, you know, they asked him like, did you, do you, do you think about these? Do you plan them before you go out there? And he goes, you know, I see basketball, I shoot it. <laughs> that's, that's what he said. That, that's just the way that he is, man. And he's probably been that way his entire life. He sees a basketball, he shoots it and he just goes that way. Uh, a team that I've kind of changed in the opposite direction uh, man, I'm worried about the Rockets. <laughs> I just don't know about uh, Westbrook is still not there. We saw Harden, I think, make it to the bubble. He had that mask on. I'm not really sure exactly if it was him or not. But, uh, man, I, I'm not sure about that team. If they get everybody back, maybe they're going to be uh, okay. But I'm concerned about those two guys if they're not both ready to go. Yeah, it's really tough to to talk about them on a basketball level right now just because the health stuff is more important and it comes first. And you obviously hope that both those guys are okay and that they're able to get reintegrated. But if not, um, that's understandable too. You know, I don't begrudge anyone who stayed home from this thing and especially people who are testing positive. I mean, that's a huge burden that to then, you know, come back into this environment uh, and try to help your teammate. And you know, your teammates are expecting you or they want you to be there. You obviously don't want to let your teammates down, but I just encourage everyone, take it slow, you know, put your family first, put yourself first and, and make sure that you're getting the, the proper approvals from everybody. You know, another team on basketball lines, I think, has some interesting questions is Philly, right? Yeah. I mean, they come out with this storyline and they're saying Ben Simmons is a power forward. And <laughs> I'll say this, Nick. I mean, this guy was a number one overall pick. He's basically played point guard the whole way. He's one of the most talented passers in the entire league. He's super fast end to end with the basketball and he wants to be a superstar. You know, he's dating the reality TV uh, stars. You know, he's with Clutch Sports. He's got an eye towards the off-court stuff. He's been in a movie when he was in college, you know, a documentary and all this stuff. That doesn't sound like an off-ball power forward to me at all. And so to me, this whole thing sounds a lot like Brett Brown kind of giving up on their previous game plan, getting desperate in hopes of, you know, trying to shake things up and have a different look. And I just find it very hard to believe that, number one, it's going to work. And number two, that Simmons is going to be completely bought into that idea for the long haul. To me, you know, if I'm Simmons, I'm starting to ask questions like, you know, if this doesn't work, can I get traded? You know, is this going to be like a him or me situation with him and uh, Joel Embiid? I'm asking all those kinds of questions to my agent right now. Of course, I'm going to try to go along with it and be a good teammate in the short term. But I'm starting to think long term, what's really um, going to be in my best interest because playing power forward is is not the move for to make Ben Simmons into a superstar level guy. It's just not. Yeah, this is. I think this is a bigger conversation c- coming up. Let's get into some more about the Sixers. All the stuff you just mentioned. We'll talk about Ben Simmons. We'll talk about his role. We'll talk about Joel Embiid, Brett Brown, all that stuff. It feels like this is all just waiting for something to happen. We'll talk about that coming up. All right, Ben. So right before. We went to break. You talked about the Sixers, how that's another team that you're kind of your perspective has sort of changed. There's been this whole storyline. Shake Milton's going to play point guard for them, 
and Ben Simmons is now going to play the four or they've been playing him at four and maybe they've just been running it in practice. They've just been trying that uh, in the half court because it seems like sometimes in the half court, Ben Simmons doesn't really know what to do. He just stands in the dunker spot and he just hangs out around there and that really messes up the spacing for Joel Embiid when he wants to post up. And and like you were saying, he's so good as a passer, so good end-to-end in transition. He's one of the, he's one of the best in the NBA. And now they're turning him into or – you know, trying to push him into this role of being a, a power forward when I thought the NBA got rid of all the power forwards, Ben. Like, we haven't had real power forwards in forever. I think if you have too many shooters, it doesn't really, uh, or sorry, I should say, if you have too few shooters, it doesn't matter how you align them, you're still going to have spacing issues, right? And it's like, he's a hard guy to hide. And sometimes the easiest place to hide a non-shooter is actually on the ball as your as your lead guard, your point guard. And again, I mean, to me, this this is less about X's and O's basketball, and it's more about a player's career arc and his future star power being compromised. And, um, you know, you can make an argument, you know, Philly is just not like a top, you know, one or top two tier, uh, you know, team in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. And so it doesn't really matter what they do. They're going to be struggling. Um, but I just have, you know, big time concerns here about his role with that franchise going forward, because imagine if another player of his ilk or that same type of star power was told to move off the ball for a player like shake Milton, like imagine a a Devin (laughs) Booker, you know, or like a Carl Towns or like that type of player where they're stars, but they're not superstars yet. Right. Or, or they're kind of working their way into that conversation. And now they're being told basically to sacrifice and and taking the ball out of their hands. That's never going to fly. And it shouldn't fly with Ben Simmons either. Yeah. And he has this, it seems like he has this personality where he's kind of quiet. He's not really going to, um, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram, but he's definitely not an eight, right? He's definitely not that personality type that's combative, that likes to, you know, that likes confrontation, that is vocal about things. He he seems pretty reserved. And so I, I just wonder if he's just internalizing all of this and he's going to be like, it feels to me like from what you're saying and from, from all the stuff we've seen, he's going to be kind of like Kawhi where I don't really know what he's thinking, right? Like, I don't really know what he's, he thinks about all this and if he, considers Philly a place that he's going to be for his entire career or if he doesn't like the way that they're using him or I mean it's, it's fascinating it's going to be fascinating to see what they actually do because now we have you know Brett Brown someone asked me today they said do you think Brett Brown is a good coach and I was like I don't know if Brett Brown is a good coach the team has been pretty good he but he's also coached under three different regimes now he's coached under uh, you know the the trust the process regime with Sam Henke he coached under uh, the Colangelos he coached under um, Elton Brand now, and that's three different iterations of this team. This team has looked so different every single year. I think even last year they had three different, completely different iterations of uh, of this this team with Jimmy Butler being brought in, Tobias Harris, and then now Jimmy Butler's gone, and uh, Al Horford now. That experiment's been kind of a, a disaster, and uh, Josh Richardson being brought in. Just They've had so many different iterations of this team, and I wonder if this playoffs is going to be it for the Sixers to figure it out or if they decide to scrap it after this playoffs or if they just take this playoffs and say, well, there's too many variables. It's, uh, you know, we're just going to run it back for another year. Yeah, look, they've been trying to run it back and run it back and change things. I don't think the front office has done Brett Brown any favors, but I also think that they're kind of running out of ways to run it back with Embiid and Simmons if this whole plan, again, doesn't really pay off. You know, you're mentioning it's it's hard to read Simmons. I totally agree. But what we know about young star level guys, they want the ball. They want the opportunity to make a lot of money off the court and they want to win championships, right? Those are 
the lead motivating factors for all these guys. I mean, yeah, even maybe Kawhi, in that order. <laughs> he wants the ball. Yeah, he wants the ball. He wants the ability to sell some New Balance sneakers, and he wants <laughs> to win titles, right? Even a guy like that, who's the, the probably the hardest guy to read in the league, wants those kinds of things. Uh, Simmons is not going to be an exception to that, you know, in any way. And look how good uh, he personally looked when Embiid was out before that one playoff run a couple years ago, where the whole thing was built around him. I'm sure he remembers that. And if you're saying, well, what's the best path forward? If you're asking him, how should we do this thing? He's probably saying, give me the ball, turn me loose, let me go end to end, just like we did when when, he, when Embiid was out. He is not going to tell the coaches, oh yeah, you know, leave me off the ball. I'm going to be a power forward. There's just no possible way. So uh, to me, Philly's got to get its stuff straight or, you know, Ben Simmons is going to have to explore his options. Yeah. And you wonder if, I don't know, I'm can, I'm, I'm wondering if it would have to be some sort of thing where Ben Simmons re- requests a trade out because he's just such a good player that it's it's hard for a team like that to just trade him away. And we've seen most of the stars I feel like we've seen get traded have been, they've requested trade, they've demanded trade. It's the Anthony Davis types, you know, the Paul George types, uh, even Kawhi that is, is left. Uh, they've kind of forced their own way and made their own way out. And because Ben Simmons hasn't done that yet, the Sixers hand hasn't been forced yet. And I, are they, are the Sixers waiting for Simmons or Simmons waiting for the Sixers? That seems like the, where we're at right now with it. Well, for sure. I mean, both the Sixers and the Rockets came into these playoffs needing answers, right? Because their coaches were kind of hanging in, in uncomfortable situations. Their star duos had something to prove. Embiid has a lot to prove. Harden has a lot to prove. Uh, Westbrook needs to show he can kind of get over the hump and be a playoff player in a way that he hasn't been since KD left Oklahoma City. And then Simmons has got to show some level of individual progress in these playoffs as well. So that's a lot of questions. And usually when teams have such high payrolls like that and so many max level players, and they face that many questions. If they go out early, something changes, you know, whether it's the coach or whether it's one of the star players, something has to give. So um, I know everything's getting shaken up right now, and it's all very difficult to kind of wrap your mind around these kinds of questions, um, given everything else that's going on off the court from a health standpoint and, and the shutdown and everything else. But those questions are going to come back as soon as those teams take the court. They are. Hopefully they get some answers. Hopefully those fan bases figure out what they have in these teams. And hopefully we just can see all those guys play some good basketball. So, Ben, any closing thoughts from in the bubble so far? And I think next week you won't be in quarantine, hopefully. Correct. By this time next week, we'll be out and about kind of uh, exploring the campus, hopefully, and, and getting some more color and you know various reactions from players. I imagine they're going to be even more settled in. Um, I guess my closing thought is this, you know, I feel a lot like John Morant, you know, I'm not a silver spoon guy. I'm trying not to complain about the food (laughs) and my accommodations are just fine. I've got hot water and a functional toilet. So I'm doing great, man. Uh, And, uh, you know, hopefully things stay that way. uh, And we're, we're able to crown a champion here in October. And uh, I also hope that, uh, you know, all the listeners out there who were sticking with us through that shutdown, I imagine they're super excited to kind of get back in the mix and and we're going to be here for you the whole way. As always, you can follow Ben Golliver. You probably already do on Twitter. Listen to his uh, stuff on his other podcasts. You can read him on the Washington Post. He's got a newsletter. Ben, you have just all this stuff. You have all this stuff going. So just go read all of Ben's stuff, all that stuff. Uh, you can listen to Locked on Mavericks podcast as well. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on NBA. 